All right. So on the mind of a football coach podcast, today we have Coach Sanborn. Coach, welcome to the pod to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, YouTube's a wild place. So I watch YouTube and I try to watch other high schools uh games and I saw yours and I thought, man, I need to reach out to coach. And you're probably thinking, who is this dude emailing me from West Virginia? <laughs> was- well, you know, it's funny, I had a guy last summer reach out to me from Panama and uh and he was said, I've been watching games forever. And he knew all players we had. You know, he's coaching high school football down there in Panama. I thought it was pretty funny. So stayed in touch with him a little bit. And it's just funny, this day and age with the internet, you can get out and you can see a lot of unique things out there, a lot of different schools. And uh, like you said, YouTube, it's it's uh, it's great to watch some stuff. Absolutely, Coach. So, Coach, if you don't mind, please give the listener a little bit of background about yourself, and we'll, we'll go from there. So my uh, name's Chris Sanborn. I'm the head coach here at Plymouth High School in Plymouth, New Hampshire. Um, been the head coach now. I know. I think this is my tenth year. I've been on staff for uh, twenty. It's my twenty-fifth year. Uh, before that, I coached at uh, New Hampton Prep School uh, in New Hampshire for a little bit. Um, did the prep school thing and, and came here. And I teach in the high school. Um, teach science and uh, coach here. So, and I like to be involved in the school you're coaching with. But it's been a good run. Hey, that's awesome, Coach. It's so it's so refreshing to see people stay at one place for a long time and do some great work. Talk about like your mindset of why you decided to do that. Cause I'm sure you had other opportunities potentially to go places, but you're, you're there and you're doing great things. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I, I like the community. I'm in, engaged, uh, you know, engaged in the community. I, I I'm from this community, went to school here. So when I came back, I got family here. I think that's big. And, and uh, obviously having a family, in raising kids, I could raise those kids around family members. And I think that's important for the growth of kids. They, they could know their grandparents. My, my kids are very close with my parents. And I think that's, you know, we talk about all the time as, as high school football coaches, a lot of you, you know, we have a dream sometimes to go coach in college, but that's a different life. And, um, you know, you really, sometimes you got to think about raising your kids and your family and the things go along with it. But yeah, I had a lot of offers and looked at some other communities to go to and they were tempting, but I just really believed in what we were doing here, even when I was assistant coach and I was extremely involved and, and, uh, you know, I liked the culture, you know, small town, but yet football's big in town. It's, it's a football town, so to say, you know, and I uh, just liked the culture. Of it. I liked the, the community support. I liked the community involvement. So I chose to stay. That is, that is so cool. So coach, talk about your journey from an assistant to the head coach. What, what did you coach as an assistant and then how that lead you into be, being able to be the, the head coach? Well, I'm a, I'm a line guy at heart, coach the offensive line. And, uh, you know, I, I played linebacker every snap of my football career through college. And, uh, and then the first I was coaching linebackers in New Hampton prep school, I coached outside linebackers, then inside linebackers. And I was a defensive coach. And, uh, day one, I got here at Plymouth day one, I basically became like an offensive coach. Um, just funny. And I was coaching offensive line, which I did down there, but and immediately I became the defensive line coach. I never played defensive line. I played linebacker my entire career, but I think that was huge growth for me as a coach. I think it's important for coaches to coach something that they, they didn't necessarily play. I think that's the biggest thing. I tell that to my young coaches all the time. Like, you know, you want to go get in college, you might coach tight ends or running backs, whatever it is, you work your way up. Um, you know, you don't have to play that position. You know football, you know how to coach people, and you can get into clinics and do different things and fit it into the scheme you're trying to do. And and uh, but yeah, but I cut my teeth as a as a line coach. Had some great great lines through the years here, and uh, I was a special teams coordinator at the same time, and and then kind of the offensive coordinator towards the end of it, and and uh, then became head coach. That's awesome, coach. So talk about 
your your offensive coordinator talk about your offensive philosophy, what you guys do, and I think it's beautiful. I mean, I've been watching your film, and I think it's it's awesome. But talk about why you do it, why you guys do what you do, and kind of how you how you see the game of football from the offensive side. Well, I think like a lot of guys, and I think to to win in in high school football and myself, I think personally, if you control the ball and you run the ball, you get a better chance of being successful. And uh, you know, we want a ball control offense. And uh, we want to play bend but don't break defense. I think the best defense you can do is a ball control offense, uh, to be honest with you. And, and that's what we want to try to do. And it, it's been successful for us. And it was really successful this year for us. Um, you know, we'll go three, four yards a pop. You know, we'll go for them fourth and one. We don't care. You know, we, we want to control the ball. Um, I love getting the ball to start a game and going seven, eight minutes scoring. That's that's tough on the other team. You know, it puts pressure on them. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we want to. We want to be tougher than our opponent. And it's not always physical toughness, but sometimes it's mental toughness is that you're going to do it play after play. You know, you're going to play D tackle. You're going to take on a double team. You're going to make a pile and you're going to get up and do it again. You know, an offense, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to run the ball. You're going to go three yards into a cloud of dust, so to say, and you're going to get up and do it again. And that's what we preach with our kids. And, and that's that philosophy we have. And, and it's been successful for us. Yeah. I was watching a, a clip of you on on youtube and you were talking about how you like you were saying you you make your players really physically tough what are ways that you guys do that how do you do that in your program to make sure your guys have that that grit to them that edge to them well i think it's it's a lot of things that go into it i don't think there's one any one big thing i think number one the the kids we get from our community real blue collar kids i think the parents that's that's the big number one piece of it but you know we coach our kids and, and we coach them extremely hard and we push them, uh, you know, as far as we can push them, and, and we get parent support doing that. That's the thing, you know what I mean? I think that's the big piece of it. I had a coach when I was coaching at New Hampton Prep School one day tell me, I know, we are doing triples, and the guy had been there forever. Mark Tilton was his name. Guy was a legend. And uh, he said to me day one, he said, well, you become the, the line, the varsity line coach, and I'll be your assistant. He said, you're clearly better than I am. And I said, oh, that's awesome, man. I puff up my chest a little bit, you know, we do that day and the next day. Well, the third day, I think we're on the third session, third day, he looks at me, he says, you know, coach, you should probably give up coaching football because you're not very good at it. And I'm like, what? Oh, the, what are you What are you talking about? And uh, he said, well, he said, I'm going to tell you something. There's, there's four kids over there that you're coaching. They're never going to be any better than with you coaching them because you are coaching the snot out of them. He goes, but there's another 15 kids. The, the, you can get them there. You can get them to run through the wall for you. Like those other four kids will do it for anybody. These 15 kids, you can get them to run through the wall, but it's going to take some finagling. You're going to have to massage them a little bit. You got to coach them up. And he goes, but there's another 20. They're never going to run through that wall for you. And if you want to win championships, it's about those 20 kids. You got to get those 20 kids as far as you can, push them as far as you can without them quitting. And I think that's been the the key to my coaching philosophy is, is those bottom kids because you need them to win and they're never going to go as far as you want them to go. But, you know, they're not just going to run through that wall for you, but you, you got to push them as far as you can and as hard as you can, but you can't push them too hard to the quit. And that's that fine line. Coach, that's awesome. So it, I've heard people say that to me over the years as a coach, you're, you're trying to get everybody on board, right? You're pushing that, that group of kids, that, that t- group of 20 kids that you were talking about to get them to where you need them to be. What are some things you guys do to do that in practice? Like, are there, are there certain things that you just kind of hang your hat on uh, when you're trying to do that? Yeah, well, I think, and I think that's a tough, but we practice hard. 
um, really get after it and not live hitting and stuff I'm talking about, but, but trying to build that mental toughness and explaining to them that, you know, what you're doing, when this is going to pay off, you know, I mean, this is going to pay off down the road, just conditioning and other things. And we try to bring up examples from the past of kids that, that did certain things, you know, I had a kid a few years ago here, Cody Campbell Bixby, he was five, six, 180 pounds. I don't know. We won the state championship because of that kid. Uh, we ran a team running that, you know, that A offense, that double wing, and they were pounding the ball. Man, he took on a double team every time. If they pulled away from me, caught the play from behind, and just try to show kids an example. Of, there's a kid that that just got up and did it again. You know what I mean? They if they start talking to you, you just get up and get in the huddle and you do it again. And and I think that's a big piece. And but I think the other thing, the big piece to me is is getting in the film room. And I think the most important part of that is critiquing your film. And I, that's what I love to do. But did you step with the right foot? Did you do it exactly right? We are looking for perfection every single play. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get there, but we're never going to stop striving for perfection. And I think you really got to, I think too many coaches overlook their own film. They mm-hmm. want to get on the opponent. You can't move on to your opponent until you've looked at your film and broken down everything you did poorly. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. So. Yeah. And do you guys film practice? Is that something you've you've done there? We, we do a little bit. We film some practice stuff. Um, I, we always talk about doing a little more of it. I know there's a lot of guys out there that do it, and, and we've started to do it a little bit, um, even you know during the week. It, it's, I think it's even more important in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's something we do, and uh, always something you'd like to do more of. Yeah, we, we are fortunate. We have a, the Huddle Focus camera, and it basically films it for you. And then we use like an iPad from behind because I'm an O-line guy. <laughs> 80 pounds ago, that was my position. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, I love what you're talking about. Look at your film because it's always about us, right? We're trying to critique and be better. Uh, we're trying to do what we do better than the other team does what they do. And I can see that when I watch your film. That's what you guys are, are all about. And your kids have bought into that. And I love all the wing tee football I see in New Hampshire. I think that is beautiful because that's something you see a ton here, but that's where I grew up playing. And I think that's a, that's a really cool thing. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny every year, once in a while, you'll have someone come along and say, Oh, the wing tee's dead. You got to go to the spread to win. And I remember a guy and wrote that in a paper, Nashua Telegraph one year. And I don't know, maybe there was four divisions in New Hampshire at the time. And division one was Pinkerton Academy won the championship with the wing tee. Division two was, Exeter won the championship with the wing tee. In Division Three with Plymouth, we won the championship with the wing tee. And all of us beat spread teams that year, you know. And, uh, you know, those teams are still running it. We're still running it. Uh, you know, Londonderry High School, they're running the wing tee principles out of the, out of the shotgun stuff. But it's all wing tee stuff. You look at it, it's all – the line plays all wing tee. And, um, you know, you've got a lot of that gun tee going around, that kind of stuff. But I love it. I think there's a lot of variations you can do with it. Uh, so, but, you know, you gotta you got to go with what you believe in. That's what we believe in. Absolutely. That's and it, you can tell that you, know, you guys have believed in that in a long time at, at Plymouth and it's cool to see you stick with it and continue to do it. And I just love the consistency of your program. That's something that I know for us where I am, that's what we're really trying to get to. And especially this off season, it's just be consistent with what you're, what you're looking for. So it's got to make it easier to coach your players because they know what's, what's coming year after year. Yeah. I think you build it up from the young level but you know a perfect example is this year i said to the kids you got to have your foundation we all do a lot of coaches are constantly chasing the cat's tail doing different things 
person. You got to have your foundation. And yeah, years you have different kids that come in and you got to tailor it to them a little bit, but you got to have your base stuff. And I said to the group this year when they came in, I said, look, last year we weren't running our base plays well enough. We weren't running those belly plays and traps good enough. So that's we're going to run all preseason. And we're not putting anything else in till we can get our bellies down, we can get our traps down, and then we'll move on. And until those are perfect, you know what I mean? On your outside belly, inside belly, your calls off of that, you know, your trap calls, we're not doing anything else. And we did that every day. And those plays, you know, late in the season when we got on that playoff run, those were the plays that carried us. And, you know, he ran them play after play. And, you know, the other mm. team knew what was coming. We knew what was coming. And guess what? We're going three yards in a cloud of dust or four yards, and we'll throw a wrinkle in once in a while. But, hey, we're coming right here. You know we're coming right there. Let's see who's tough. Yeah, I loved your semifinal game. How do you pronounce that school? Sahigan, Sauhegan? Sauhegan. Sauhegan. And when I was watching on YouTube, I watched, you know, I was watching, I watched five minutes of the game. I, I, and that, at that point, I said, I have to get to know this coach because yeah. that's what I saw. And I just loved it. <laughs> I just thought it was beautiful. Well, you know, there's a funny story that was Sauhegan. Uh, uh, you know, we, we played them in the regular season out of that conference. You know, you, you have within your division, this conference is. And then at conference, that that was that crossover outside the conference. We played them, and uh, they beat us 49 to six in a, in a monsoon. We did not play well. They played really well. Beat us. You know, we didn't do any of the things that we wanted to do. And and from that moment on, we you got down with the kids. And, and people think it started later. It started that Monday, right in the film room, saying, "Look, this wasn't about them beating us 49 to six. I'm not right now. I don't care about losing." But they blew us out because we didn't do any of the things we want to do. This was on us. It's not them. This is on us. We started right then saying, look, we can do this better. We can do this better. We can do this better. And if we see him again, you know, that's going to happen. Look what could happen. And, uh, you know, you go through the playoff run and you could see a conference opponent in the playoffs. You could or or whoever. And we happen to see in the semifinals a team that we had played in the regular season, the only team to our playoff run that we had played in the regular season. And uh, sure enough, it's that team. And, and uh, so we turned the tides and we did everything we wanted to do. You know, we controlled the ball. And we had long drives, sustained drives. Defensively, we got a few hits on the quarterback, a little more consistent. And, uh, you know, sometimes it goes your way. Yeah, that's a fact. And it's just really cool to see that because, you know, I'm watching – I'm a big Michigan football fan, and I'm watching them play Ohio State, and it's kind of the same philosophy, right? We're just going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And I think that's what wins football games, not all the flash and the, and the glamour. It's are we going to physically keep coming after you snap after snap? And it's just cool to see programs like yourself that believe in that and do that and do it well. Uh, and, it's, and it's a state that I've never talked to anybody from. I've coach, you're the only guy I know from New Hampshire. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> anybody else. And I think this is really neat. I think it's one of the joys of doing podcasts is getting to know coaches like yourself. And just it's just cool to be able to connect. And it's, it's really really helpful to me that you're so open about what you guys do and being willing to help. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I kind of like the name of your podcast, the mind of football coach, and we're all trying to get into other coaches' minds to see what they do and, you know, not necessarily to copy what they do, but maybe take a few pieces. And I say that to my coaches, when you go to a clinic, you can't bring what they're teaching you wholeheartedly, but you've got to bring a piece of it. You bring that piece into what we do and you can make it better. We're always trying to get better. Um, I think, you know, I, I look at last year, and even the year before, we, we were just a terrible tackling team. And we've always tackled well. You know, what are we doing differently that we're not tackling well? Or maybe it's just not working anymore. Maybe we got to find something else that we can do 
uh, to teach some tackling. I, I think that's a big thing. And, um, you know, you're always looking for things. You're always looking for little pieces from the coaches. And, and then, you know, how do they run their offseason? season? What, what do they break down things? Like, you know, what are, what are your game day responsibilities? What are your in season? How do you run a week's practice? All those kind of things. I think, and I like, listen, to what all the coaches do. Doesn't mean I'm going to throw everything out the window and copy it. I, you know, I believe in what I'm doing, you know? But. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny you say that when I went to my first clinic as a coach, I was with a coach. So it was a very wise guy. That was our head coach. And he was, he said the exact same thing. Just find one thing or two things that you can take from the clinic and then use it for your program. And that's really one of the reasons I started this podcast was to be able to talk to coaches like yourself and, you know, connect and Hey, let's, let's go deeper than you know, some of those presentations at those clinics. I mean, God bless them, but they give you the college coaches, especially sometimes give you 20 minutes of, you know, the fluff, so to speak. And then they give you like one concept and you're like, come on, man. Like I need a little more than, than that. But I would imagine the clinics like the wing T clinic we were texting about is, is better than you know, like a Nike clinics to some degree. Those are the ones I went to as a younger coach and they were okay, but I was always looking for more depth um, than what I was getting in some of those. Yeah, I, I really enjoy and I've got some good stuff from college guys and, and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I, I really enjoy listening to high school coaches and what they're doing. Um, you know, there's this, you know, some ones around here, you know, coaching clinics around here. The Massachusetts one does a great one down at Gillette Stadium, uh, home of the Patriots. And, and that's a great one. It's a lot of high school coaches presenting. You can get up and, and you know, just listen to this stuff and you ask some questions. And, and, you know, a lot of guys out there are really great. You can send them stuff. I, you know, I, in the middle of the season this year, I, I send a request to Alex Rosco up in Marshwood, Maine. I'd seen him. He's from Longmeadow, Mass, but been up in Marshwood for a long time. Seen some of his clinic stuff, just shot him some stuff. Hey, I'm trying to run something, help me out. You know, great guy. Helped me out in the middle of the season. Uh, just a little something that I'd always wanted to put in. I knew he ran it a little bit and wanted to get some ideas from him to jump ahead in the learning curve a little bit. And we had to put our tweaks onto it, but I wanted to get, why, you know, why did you get to that point? What was the learning curve? Yeah, and that's always trying to jump ahead, you know. Yeah, and you know, for people who have seen you play, you're a lot of double tight, three back, and we've been that, and I like being that. And like trying to jump ahead in the learning curve for this next season is, hey, I'm reaching out to the coach, like, hey, <laughs> talk to me. Let's any film you're willing to share, and then trying to get ahead because I think every coach that's a good coach is looking like it's always looking ahead. So what's how can I be better? Like how am I trying to prepare my team? to be better next year, whether that's off season, whether, whether that's practice, whether that's scheme. And that's what's really cool about the coaching fraternity is that we all generally get along because we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to help young people be better people through the game of football. And you can definitely tell you're doing that at your program as well, coach. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I, I think with coaches too, they, they, some guys, they try to put in a formation for a play. You see that sometimes. And I think that's a that's a, something you got to be careful of. I always say you got to be able to run it out of every formation. So, you know, we'll run a lot of different formations at you. You know, out of the three back set, we'll go three back set. Walk over there, you know, that double wing, uh, so to say, and out of the wing tee. And but we're running the same play a lot of times. It's just a different look. You know, it might be some motion behind it, but it's it's the same play. And so it's easier for our kids, especially alignment. They run the same play. We do a lot of intricate line blocking. I think it's pretty detailed on our calls and what we do. So. You know, I think being able to run the same play with a different look for the defense is really beneficial for us. And uh, and I think you mentioned something, too, that, that kind of hit home to me is, you know, you're trying to coach kids and you're trying to 
you know, trying to, to an extent, you're trying to take kids and you're trying to push them for us anyway. We're trying to push kids harder than they think they can be pushed. You know what I mean? But teaching them that, you know, we, we, we're going to push you. We're going to scream at you. But we still love you. You're part of our family. But we want you to realize that you, you've got more that you can give. And that, that's a life lesson that when the going gets tough, what are you going to do? Are you going to quit? Or are you going to keep going? And that's a life lesson. And, and while I think, you know, coaching college would be fun and that's not a life that I ever want to drag my family through, man, high school football, when you're coaching boys from the time they're 14 and you get to help them grow to 18 year old young men, you know, what a time in a kid's life to be part of. I mean, really it's, it's a special time and you get mm-hmm. some bonds. And just, you just see such growth and it's so rewarding. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, that's what we're looking for. They, they come to us as, as freshmen and freshmen don't even know they don't know. <laughs> you know, they just kind of, they're wandering the halls and they think they're this and that. And they don't even know that they don't even know that they're not really doing anything right. And when they become a senior, they're 18, they're going out into the real world and now they got to be an adult. And I mean, it's cool to see the development of guys when you get them, you know, you take them through all those steps and then, man, they're, they're, they're living life and they hopefully they come back to you with a kid and you know maybe a wife and hopefully a wife first and a kid right <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> they're married or and they have a job and and all that and that's got to be cool for you because you've been at Plymouth for so long that you've probably seen you know guys that they, they played for you 20 years ago you know 15 years ago and then now they're they're back that's got to be really cool Oh yeah, you know you got their kids coming up now you know guys that you coach with or played you know I, it's guys I played with I've coached their kids or you know, guys that I've coached now, got kids starting to come up through the younger ranks and doing those kind of things. And for guys that, I, you know, it's, it's neat. Those guys get involved in coaching the, the, the youth pop corner stuff and doing that kind of stuff. But uh, I really enjoy it. I got a uh, buddy of mine, uh, Doug Johnson, a buddy of mine. He coached at Dartmouth for about 14 years. Mm. And uh, funny guy. And he said that he was seeing the other day we were getting together and saying to my young coaches, it pertains to freshmen too, but he's like, you don't know what you don't know. And I just love that saying. They'd be saying something like, well, you don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's such a learning thing, you know, for those young guys like you. You know, back then, I thought I knew it all, you know, when I was a young coach. You know what I mean? And I and I look at those times you mentioned earlier about going someplace else and coaching. And, yeah, I, could have, I thought I knew everything. But I learned a lot. You know what I mean? I, I learned a lot from that uh, gentleman. I told you about Mark Tilton down in the Hampton Prep School and Harrison Golden. Uh, in two years, I learned, man, I learned so much. They were guys that were all about teaching you. Mm-hmm. about being a better coach you know they just were mentors to young coaches and uh, not everybody's like that you know mm-hmm. and I, I think sometimes i'm probably a little too hard on my young coaches i want too much out of them i want them to grow too fast but i also try to explain to them you know why i did that decision why did i do that and, and if they're willing to listen i think they can they can learn a lot from other coaches you know I sometimes mm-hmm. don't listen go talk to so-and-so and just listen don't talk just listen to what they got to say you know mm-hmm. and uh, i got an old guy on staff he was he was here longer than me. The only coach he had been there longer than me. And his name's John Spear. And the young coaches will say, how come you always listen to him? I said, because he doesn't say much. But when he's got something to say, he's usually thought about it. You know, he's not throwing darts at the dartboard, so to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that's one thing I've talked to my coaches about is, you know, let's, when you have something to say and it's good, it doesn't have to be complex. You don't have to say a whole lot. It's, hey, this needs to be simple and something you can apply. And it needs to be something that, like you said, that you've processed through to where you're not just repeating something somebody else said. Right. So it's something that we've that you've kind of filtered it through your experience 
And I would imagine you have a lot of that. When you talk to your younger coaches, it's you're like, they'll say something to you. And I imagine in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, I thought the same thing 10 years ago, but because of my experience, it's, it's just a little, little different take now. Yeah. Sorry about that. My phone went off, but yeah, I think that a young coach, I say to him all the time, I coach with a guy and it was, you know, if you were going to give him advice in the game, he was old guy, guy coach we learned for a long time. The first thing you said to him, if it was right, like you walked up and said, Hey, you go out there and you run this play. And if you were, if you were right and it worked, you could call the rest of the game. You, you could call every play, but if you were wrong, on that first one, you might as well go home, come back on Monday. You might as well go home. Yeah, because you had to be, if you were wrong, and I tell these young coaches sometimes in the game, look, you build up respect, and then you say something in a game, and I take your advice, then you're like, well, I was just, just throwing something out there. Well, don't throw something out there, mm-hmm. because you just negated all the all the trust you just built up. you got to be careful. Like, you don't just throw things out. If you say something, you've got to have thought about it, like you said. You've got to put some thought into it. Maybe it's an adjustment in the game and stuff like that, and and, and you got to do it, you know, and I, I do, and it's got to be simple. I can remember uh, coaching with that, that older gentleman, uh, Chuck Lenny, and I think he's the winningest coach in New England football history. And I, and I coached with him forever and it'd be in like game day. And I'd be, you know, like saying some adjustment we got to make, you know, we got to make this adjustment. And you know, he was a million things going to his head and uh, he'd get all mad. And I remember the defensive coordinator saying to me, he goes, Chris, I don't have any clue what you're talking about, but just go make the adjustment. Cause I know it's right. And you know, it's right. Just go make it and tell them after. And that's what I started doing. And, and you know what I mean? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. That's how you kind of built some trust. I built the trust up that I could go do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I didn't need to be bothering him with all this stuff in, in the same sense. You know, I think that was a big thing. And I learned that piece of that, that, you know, you got to keep it simple and you got to know what you're talking about and, and you gotta, you gotta put the work in, you gotta put the film work in and, you know, back in the day, Christ sakes, I had VHS taps and then DVDs doing all the time. And now it's right at your fingertips with huddle. And I don't think these young coaches know how good they got it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not that old, but I know that my head coach used to have to go to the Greyhound station to get film. And, <laughs> you know, it was a DVD back then, but gee whiz, what a different world we live in now. I, we always did for years here. We always did uh Sunday morning at 8 a.m. film session or 7 a.m. for years. And I asked one time, why do you do it then? He goes, well, because that's when the bus came in. The bus came in at 7 a.m. in Plymouth with the reel-to-reel tape back from Boston. That's when they got the film. Sent it out Saturday. That's when they played, and they got it back Sunday morning. That's when you did films right after. I'm like, man, it's amazing. That is awesome, Coach. Man, shoot. Coach, thank you for coming on doing this. I really appreciate you just talking with us and giving us your wisdom. And uh, I look forward to talking to you more and talking more football off the podcast and uh, I, I told you before the podcast, I'd like to get my staff together and we can do a little teams meeting and talk to you more and learn more from you. Yeah, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts. You got some had some good guys on there. That one you sent me the other day, that from a, an old one from 2020 in that time frame, that was, uh, you know, listen to some of those coaches, like you say, and some of those, you know, their thoughts on stuff and different experience they had. It's, uh, I just really enjoy it. You do a great yeah. job. Coach, maybe you should start a podcast. I don't know about that. I don't think anybody wants to listen to me. I don't think I'm as well-spoken as you are, so to say. Well, Coach, I don't believe that for one minute. I appreciate you coming on and doing this. This is awesome, and uh, I just appreciate your time, Coach. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it.